I'm Molly, and you're listening to Zetas Lapidus, a Mammoth Club original podcast. Hello, everyone, all you bubbles and fleshy fun bags. I'm Alan. <laughs> I'm Molly, the fleshy fun bag. And I'm a bubble. <laughs> also known as... Max. Nice. Good fucking yeah. shit. And this is Zetas Lapidus. It is the podcast where we watch every Disney Channel original movie or decom in chronological order. This week, we watched a travesty of a film. Stepsister from Planet Weird. Wow. Wow. The journey we have been on in the year 2000 has been second to none. It is not unlike a roller coaster. It is very like a roller coaster. I've seen this movie twice. Yeah. Uh huh. How many more times do you want to see it? I, I wish I could see it negative two more times. Yeah. Oh, you want to go back to never having watched it before. I wish that this wasn't in my brain. Uh-huh. Yeah. The uh-huh. first time I watched this movie, I also have seen this movie twice. The first time I watched this movie, I thought, that's a kooky film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the second, second time, time I watched time? this movie, I thought, God, make it stop. Just, <laughs> just, <laughs> ma- just, just. Just make it end today. Now, (laughs) let's go to the mall today. (laughs) Today, today. It is bad. I do. I do have to ask this question of you, Max, because we have well established. And again, listeners, we're not going to give away our rating right now. I think that uh, any any sort of um, assumptions you're making of the ratings we're going to provide would likely be off. But Max. When you think yeah, about I'm this, gonna can, give it a nine at the end. Yeah, just have a fucking surprise. No, hey, watch, hey, you know, hey. watch out. I said no spoilies. So <laughs> yeah, listen, I, I you know what? I accept your apology. You know, when you think about Don't Look Under the Bed uh-huh. and you wanting that movie to end, you wanting to turn uh-huh. it off. Yeah. Versus this movie when you're like, mm-hmm. when does it end? What is the sort of difference in feeling there for you? I don't know. Don't Look Under the Bed presented me a call to action <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to physically move my body <laughs> toward the remote and to take, take, uh, take a power back True. from True. the boogeyman yeah, or boogie yeah. person. Boogie person. And, yes. Come on. We're and, turn it, and turn it off. This movie made me want to die. And so those are two different those are two different things, I would say. They're not the same thing. They're different, but yeah, but they are. probably existing in the same on the same planet. Yeah. Likely f- likely floating together. Oh, as little ooh, bubbles. Nice as bubbles. Right. Yeah. As bubbles. Yeah. So listening, you might be wondering what movie are we talking about? Well, it is Stepsister from Planet Weird. This movie was released June 17th of 2000. The show My Birthday. This yeah. was my happy, this movie this came happy out fucking birthday. birthday this my movie guy. came out on my birthday. Happy birthday! Thank what you. A, what a good movie. Thank you. Uh, this tells us so much. So the basic show info for this film was: it's very short. A teenager's life is disrupted when her mother falls in love with an alien. That is. The I mean, plot. that's an accurate. That's an accurate summary. Now it's accurate in two ways. Because if you look at it from either of the teenage girls' perspectives, that summary is true. Wise. 
beyond your years, truly. If you were to rewind that summary and say it again from a different perspective. (laughs) A teenager's life is disrupted when her mother falls in love with an alien. Man, it's almost like I already watched that scene and now I'm watching it again. (laughs) It's like that got played out the second time for me. Um, How much of this movie did we watch twice? All of it. 90%. All of it. I'm not kidding. It's not all of it. But the amount of of scenes that they make you rewatch is crazy. From a slightly different angle. I hate it. Some of it exactly the same. They they come back to a Yukon shot. They come back to the falling down the mountain shot. They come not even from a different angle. The same shot. I I gotta say 70%. Like the the effort that was involved in this is is minimal at best. Did I think you watched this movie as a kid, though? No. No. I I didn't. Luckily for me, this wasn't how I spent my 11th birthday. (laughs) Thank God. Yeah. (laughs) I would be so glad. Feeling pretty grateful, you got to say. Hashtag blessed that you did not watch this on your 11th birthday. (laughs) Yeah. Hashtag blessed is right. (laughs) So if we had asked the question, like, what are you grateful for a week ago for BTS? You would have been like, you know what? I'm grateful for not doing this. Not watching this. On my birthday. Yeah. On my birthday specifically. Not on my birthday birthday yeah <laughs> yeah you get it uh okay so let's talk about what had occurred this week so june 17th of 2000 max i birthday. turned 11 you turned 11 hot, that is the yeah. most hot important news, number one that is the most important event the That's news true. headline of the week max turned 11 yeah. the top song was try again by Aaliyah. if at first you don't succeed pick yourself up and try again Dust yourself off and try again, try again. I did not know her tragic story. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I, I didn't yeah, it's realize super sad. It's very sad. And also, like, an incredibly talented artist. Mm-hmm. A very, a very talented artist. The top grossing film of the time, Shaft. <laughs> can, can you dig it? Can you dig it? <laughs> yeah. That's the rock. I, talk about Shaft. Can you dig it? Ha! He's a bad mother. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Chef. Some top news of the week. Nuclear secret. This Actually, okay, hold on. Hold on. I feel like I didn't give this enough of an intro. This happens over the span of four days. <laughs> the news? The, this news happens over the span of four days. And I feel like in this year, we would be a lot more freaked out than we were in the year 2000. So Mm. I'm going to read the first headline to you. I'm ready. Here we go. Computer hard drives containing sensitive data reported to have disappeared at Los Alamos National Library containing key United States nuclear secrets. Fucking concerning. I would, you know. I mean, it sounds concerning. Our nuclear secrets get leaked? Are you kidding me? That's why are you are you suggesting that wasn't concerning in the year 2000? I'm suggesting that perhaps the fact that we did not have the communication means that we do today did not distribute this information in a mass audience. Yeah, it was probably it was probably headline news. You found it, right? I did. But only after. Can I tell you, I had to go to 10 sites to find any news of note. You know, they are nuclear secrets, Alan. Not trying to, you know, (laughs) they're not trying to advertise those. (laughs) Okay, sure. Four days later. Four days later, this news story resolves in a single sentence. 
They were found behind the copy machine next to the desk. They were lost. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they weren't lost at all. They, not at they all. They fell off the desk. <laughs> yes. That, yeah, we've like, all had that happen. Greg knocked it off the desk and they were found there. So the, the next piece of, bit of news is that we actually began the successful mapping of the human genome. Hmm. Uh, in, in this week, we, we had two rival groups of scientists succeed in mapping the human genome, which helped us make rapid advancements in medicine, which is really fucking cool. I've been delaying the inevitable for far too long. You have. Yeah. Let's talk about this movie, everybody. We begin Stepsister from Planet Weird with more fucking voiceovers, where we have our main character, Megan. Courtney Draper is back, everyone. <laughs> Max's crush. 11-year-old Max is very happy. I will say, probably I glad I didn't see this movie because it would have ruined it. I'm surprised I, you didn't watch it on your birthday. Yeah, no, I'm glad that we, I just could forget that it you know, didn't happen. It just didn't happen. The good news for us is that the majority of what we get for the first about half hour of this movie is a lot of cutscenes and montages. Mm. This first one is within the space of a dream that Megan, one of the two protagonists, has. I say protagonist loosely, where she is windsurfing. There's a lot of wind talk here. I was reminded quickly of uh, the Friends episode where they talk about catching their wind or whatever it is that they have. Um, where it's like, okay, she's windsurfing. She meets her wannabe boyfriend, Cutter. Yeah. I was I was more reminded of the How I Met Your Mother episode where they talk about all the vehicles you can have sex on, and uh, they say when surfing's uh, impossible, yeah, but Robin, Robin says she does it with Enrique Iglesias. With, the, with Henry Churches, yeah, Henry Churches and Robin have a have intercourse on a windsurfing board. They also the music that uh, I want to start the comment here. The music that they play throughout this entire movie is wild. In this sequence, it's like Tomorrowland, and the music that you get in like Muscle Beach. Hmm is overlapped on each other. It's weird. And they have a lot of like this child having her dreams play out. So she and Cutter become a couple. Her parents get back together. So you're skipping over a a small detail, which is that Megan on the windsurf uh, sees Cutter. Cutter Mm -hmm. falls off of his board. She scoops him up while, while riding by. And then when he says, be my girlfriend, she looks over to see her parents standing on the water. And I got to be honest that coming out of Miracle on Lane 2, <laughs> I'm not confident whether this is a dream sequence or if it's real. Because we just saw God as a mechanic. That's and I don't know whether they are actually actually walking on water because they are either dead or a personification of a deity or if this is a dream either one of those things could be true they don't do a good job of saying like it, it took me to be like what the well, hell she wakes that? up it's a dream yeah she, pretty well, quick she wakes up but courtney draper throughout this entire movie is a soap opera actress Everybody else got the note that this should be a a family sort of rom-com level acting. Courtney Draper did not get that note. Courtney Draper was like, you know what we're going to do? This is going to be days of our lives. You need to be very overt and extra about everything that you do. And it starts with her doing this sort of like curled up supine sleeping position that she's in at the Mm. start of the movie. She has her, her dream sequence, wakes up. 
and talks to, and we get a lot of information very quickly. Talks to her younger brother, talks to her mom. We get the parent drama, which is the mom is this free-spirited shop owner. The dad is a workaholic. His His only personality is that of one who wants to work. And this plays out over like a, a memory of a family trip to the beach that they have on a zoom in of a family photo. I, I think they are doing a really good job in this movie. Unlike what they've done elsewhere of like, let's pack in why there is a quote, single parent unquote right now that, which is obviously going to change over the spoiler alert, going to change over the course of the movie. But like the main plot point is, Megan and her bro- Megan specifically wants to have her dad back in the picture, but you know, obviously he's he's absent due to work. So we're clicking the single parent counter up, obviously. Totally. Yeah, totally. for yeah. sure. I think that they did. I, I agree that I think that this part of the movie, and this may be the last time I say this, was effective at <laughs> um, building the story in in the like very quickly establishing they were together, dad's alive. But he wasn't spending time with the family. He was only working on work. And that's why we're not together anymore. So, like, I think that they they did that pretty snappy and, like, drop you in. And and now you understand kind of the world you're in. So, yeah, it makes sense to me. It, it was a the first, I think, 20 minutes of this movie were actually pretty effectively portrayed. Let's give you context very quickly in a way that is unobtrusive, in a way that is not complex and very straightforward. Yeah, until the aliens enter. Yeah, until, until the, the aliens. 20 minutes max. The aliens enter at 21. Because then we get her going to school where yeah. we reinforce the fact that she's not in the popular crowd. Overtly. Um, I'm sorry. Can I just, just really quick, there is one insane thing that happens. So one? she, uh, as she's getting ready for school, mom puts breakfast on the table and <laughs> breakfast is soup and crackers. I'm not here to comment on whether or not you should eat soup for breakfast or not. What I am here to comment about is the dog openly eating disgusting. all of the soup it's so out of the bowl and no one saying anything like that. That's just accepted behavior. Mom puts two bowls of soup on the, on the um, table, one for Megan and one for her brother, Trevor. And the dog comes up on the table and just, and you listen to him lap up that soup. The rest of the scene, it, they, they don't say, Hey, don't do that. They don't say, yo, come on, you know, uh, whatever his name is, Hutsy or whatever. They just let him eat and you listen to him lap soup up for the rest of the scene. I I thought to myself, this is repulsive. Like the it was repulsive. I hate listening to this. I love my dog more than the majority of things on this planet and yeah, i would never let him absolutely not soup off my plate it was so gross like all we got was trevor being like and here he is eating the soup and then it was like <laughs> the dog likes soup for breakfast yuck 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 anyway moving past the soup fiasco, we get to high school as you were saying we get to high school we meet her best friend who's in jurassic park too by the way mm-hmm. and um a gymnast she yeah she's Dr. Ian Malcolm's daughter. And we learn that they're not in the cool crowd. And it's kind of just your stereotypical like high school movie setup where she's not in the cool crowd. She has a crush on this boy that I guess is in the popular crowd, but he is a freaking dipshit. I actually have a question for both of you on this. I was surprised by how overt Megan was at saying like, that's the popular table. Mm. Now I attended three high schools growing up. 
uh, in two middle schools. And not once do I, and it's probably because I was like the new kid. So I was always at the table by myself anyway, but like, I don't ever really have a strong memory of being like, that's the popular crowd. That's the popular group. That's where the popular kids sit. Now I'm asking you this question to somebody who sits on the outside of that. Was that a common occurrence? I don't know why you think necessarily either of yeah. us were in no, that no, crowd. You, no, no, no. Did you have awareness you, of do, it? Do you remember I, when I told you my friends and I remade Lord of the Rings? I'm aware, yeah. but I'm asking you know, I did those friends know where the popular table entire... was when you were there. Not, need I remind you I was a horse girl? Yeah. I remember. You have a lot of commentary on horse sense. It did not end so, the podcast. I I shopped at Hot Topic pretty regularly, so uh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Now here's the question that I was asking previously: Did you talk overtly about the popular crowd? Like, was I think that? that? Listen, I will. In seriousness, I in high school was I I was friends with kind of everybody. I wouldn't say that I like was excluded from a clique or whatnot. I got along with a lot of people. I think that very much people would click together in high school and whether it was a table or not, it was like, Oh, that's where, that's where the jocks and the cheerleaders are, whether you, you know, yeah, I I went to a pretty small school, so it was easy to point out. Interesting. Okay, cool. What about you, Miles? I know you went to the same school for a while. I went to the same school for 13 years because I went from kindergarten all the way through senior year. It was also very small. There was only about, 95 people in my graduating class so everybody was a little bit friends with everybody but also at the same time yeah i i think i don't know that we would have called it the popular table because my school didn't have football or cheerleaders really so it wasn't like Hmm. the stereotypical jocks cheerleader thing so i mean yeah there were like the cool kids the popular kids and they sat together and i sat with my friends but like it's not like i didn't have friends yeah well yeah, well, yeah of course I, that's not my implication here alan you were I, really i can't believe you would insinuate that we didn't have friends that's okay i had friends you know who is at the popular table i know we i mentioned uh that my crush is back but she's not the only member of the community theater that has returned true because heather yes. hartman yep Last played a very similar role yeah. in Xenon. She's she is a bitch. Yeah, uh, Margie Margie Hammond, Margie I believe is her name. That is correct in Xenon. Um, so we have her. I mean, basically the same role. The yeah. like the like kind of stuck up popular Queen, girl. The bitch. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. She got typecast. Also, though. <laughs> also, I want to point out that. They talk, she talks about Cutter and how she has mm. this crush on him and how brave he is. Because mm. last year he rollerbladed down a whole mountain. And it <laughs> yep. cuts to this clip of him just falling down. Cutter would be dead. Mountain. Cutter would be and dead. And I thought, he is not a soul, soul skater. Like, no, he no. Is he is not, not a soul skater. On Team Pup and Suds, he could not cut it. You know, he's also, also not on X Blads. Nah, and he can't also, cut it on it. He's also days. probably not alive anymore. Because yeah, that's right. He, like, he's dumb as rocks. <laughs> well, they, he also ate a bunch of rocks. Saying, so he, I think like he, he should have been gravely dead. injured falling. Down, I agree like with that. you. Like, the first example I found of a trend, I think, in this movie, which is crazy ways people talk. Um, <laughs> Because, boy, are the accents all over the place in this film. I mean, absolutely wild 
in how people talk. And I want to recreate uh, a delivery for you. Okay. Um, you know, I did this once before. I'm ready. Um, and I want to do it again. We're almost out of the arena to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, hey, we're you remember? The arena. To ourselves. Man, we almost had the arena to ourselves. <laughs> yes. Um, Wait, can I just say, I never thought I'd look back fondly on watching Genius. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I have, a, I have a recreation for you when we first really, we've seen Cutter already, but we, we see Cutter interact in school. He's in class. It appears to be a geometry class because we're going to hear about it, maybe trigonometry a little bit later. And he gets called on. Now, I think Cutter is meant to be like a surfer dude. Yeah. But his delivery is uh, they, they teacher Mr. Singh uh, calls on him to answer the question. And Cutter says, Mr. Singh, I, I, I don't even know what the question is. Uh, and it's like, what? What is that accent? Mr. Singh, I don't even know what the question is, sir. Like, who? M Mr. Singh, I, I don't even know what the question is, sir. Like, I can't decide if you're like an old man who has been smoking most of his life mm -hmm. or like a New Yorker. Like, what? what is happening in your voice that makes you say, Mr. Singh? <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what the question is. Uh, like I just I, read the script that morning. Are you thirteen? You're thirteen, and you're, you're talking. I'm gonna. What if I did the rest of the podcast like Cutter did in that scene? Uh, like it's it's crazy. crazy. It's a crazy delivery. Well, it's not the end of the crazy delivery for him. No, of, I'm saying like the whole movie we get at, at the end when we get the boyfriend, he has like an Australian accent. No one has spoken with an Australian accent this yeah, whole movie. I, I, like, I actually I had to look it up. Too. He's it's New Zealand. He's uh, OK. Makes sense. He's, but like yeah. he's like, we'll get to it. We'll get it, it. No spoilies. But let's just say their attempt to establish any sort of consistency in line delivery is ruined by whatever direction they're provided. Because it's, these these kids are taking that and being like, all right, so what you want is an old man from the yeah. Bronx. It's wild. All right, okay. So we have a lot that occurs in sort of establishing the world that we're in. Cutter would certainly be dead, not be present today. I'm sure that as a youth, I had crushes on dumb boys because sure. most teenage boys are dumb. Sure. But like, I don't remember finding someone that stupid attractive. And she is like fawning over this guy as he is speaking in this crazy accent and can't even answer like a simple question. Can, I have, can I have some of those potato chips? <laughs> <laughs> what flavor are they? What, uh, I mean, sour cream. What are these? <laughs> like, I just, I, I don't know. I'm like, is this why women date below their like weight class? Like, Dude, move, I don't like know. it's just unbelievable to me because she's like, yeah, she's maybe not in the popular kind, but like, she's a cute girl. She could windsurf. Like, she's pretty quippy. And I'm like, this is the guy. Like, <laughs> I, I want to make a, a very brief observation about Cutter. And Cutter, the actor, does a very good job of hiding this. And and all respect on his name whoever they are he has a massive fucking pie hole his mouth <laughs> is huge it is enormous wow. <laughs> and like i noticed it when he had the chip interaction scene uh-huh and i had to pause the movie and be like 
he's actively trying to like not show that right now. And I feel bad for this kid, but that's neither here nor there. He just like consistently is like, what do you mean? Uh, Maybe that's why he talks. He makes his mouth real small. And it has a Christopher Walken quality. Christopher Walken meets Clint Eastwood. Like he, it's like he watched a Christopher Walken movie and he is trying to, his voice has a a walk-in quality to it. (laughs) Well, and then next, what you do is you meet Cosmo fucking Cola. We get a great one-liner from Megan though, because she's like talking to her mom and her mom's like, I started dating this guy and I really like him and his name's Cosmo and Megan says something snarky and she's like, when did you become so rude? And she's like, you should hear all the things I don't say. And I thought mm. that was such a funny line because I was like, I feel that way most re- of the time. Relatable. <laughs> yeah. Relatable. <laughs> relatable content. We have Cosmo Cola, who is the love interest of Megan's mother, mm-hmm. enter the scene as he attempts to save Megan's mom from windsurfing because the main antagonist of this movie is the movement of air. Yeah. Also known as wind. And I, you know, Cosmo has a savior complex. He wants to save Megan's mom. That's how they meet. And they fall in love very quickly. What I thought was intriguing is that Cosmo's explanation of where he's from is he's from the Yukon. They think that that joke is very funny, by the way. They do it three times. (laughs) Nobody lives there. They think that that joke, hilarious, by the way. (laughs) The Yukon, no one even lives there. Population low. It's Boy. V-bad. V-bad. Yeah, they... I hope you laughed. Listener, if you watch this movie, I hope you thought it was funny. <laughs> Don't we all have that friend? Disney sure did. Don't you all have that friend? I can think of that friend right now that if they say something and it doesn't get a laugh, they just say it again. Maybe a little louder. And like... Listener, I hope that if you watch this, you thought it was funny because <laughs> Disney sure did. <laughs> 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 Do you think he noticed? I don't think he, no- I don't think he did. I don't think he did. We're I so we're safe. I think we're he safe. thought that was a real laugh. Oh, okay, nailed it. Oh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and that uh, listeners only yes. call a bit. Yes, I um, absolutely know those people. <laughs> Cosmo comes in to meet Megan and Trevor. In a way, I found <laughs> crazy. Really? You don't think carrying a fucking 64-pack of root beer is normal? That's, that's, even that's, that's not it. Just for the record, I knew Thinking that wasn't what Molly was. I think it is crazy to walk in and see children you've never met pick up the teenage girl and spin her around and then tackle the boy to the ground. <laughs> you are a stranger. Did give stranger and the danger. fact that the mom's like, that's nice. I what was a like, nice guy. That is not how you should meet children. <laughs> like, this guy God. is crazy. Uh, he's a wackadoo. So this sequence where you end up having this prior to rewind is Cosmo meets the, the kids. So he meets Megan and Trevor, has the wildest meet and greet with those children known to man, carries in far too much carbonated beverages into their kitchen, wrestles Trevor and sends Megan out to meet his his being Cosmo's daughter, Ariel, who Ariel is. He says, this is the one thing that happens consistently. Whenever Cosmo or Ariel talk about the wind, there is a music change, a tone shift. It's like, she's very afraid of the wind. 
I fear the wind. I fear the wind. So naturally, you send Megan, who has been shown to have a lot of uh, emotional maturity and the ability to really empathize with others, out to meet this child. Goes out to the car, which is quintessential 1950s vehicle. Can't find Ariel in the car and is about to leave and then via some sixth sense bullshit decides to look under the car to find Ariel underneath the car and she's looking into the car. I fear the wind. I fear the wind. And we get a, this happened. And again, I watched this movie the first time tonight. We yeah. hit that rewind button and I was like, mm -hmm. what the fuck <laughs> is happening right now? Yeah. And it rewinds you, to You know, everything you just watched, you got to do it again. And I was like, we did this already. But Welcome to hell. <laughs> I, I don't want to do it again. But you get to see it all from Ariel's point of view. The, yeah. okay. at, at least this one is different. When we get to the one at the school and it's legitimately uh, the same fucking scenes, no. that was hellacious. I, I, did, I liked this one because I like how she talks because it's so ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. And she yeah. refers to her body as a horrid vehicle and bag <laughs> of rubbery flesh and bones. And I thought that was so funny and dramatic for a teenager to say. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, the tone shift here is... is why? insanity because you go from like oh this girl's weird she's under the car to so there we were on the planet fleeing freedom fighters being shot at by starfighters owned by the emperor my mother a bag of air crashes <laughs> and pop lost a prisoner of war now popped by the by the spires of rock growing on my home planet. We had to flee for the safety of our own as we tried to start a revolution to overthrow tyranny. The oppressed people that I grew up with. Like, what? <laughs> this was a silly movie about a weird girl under a car and now it's Star Wars? Like, subplot? It's a revolution. So, okay, this, this, I... No words we could ever utter will describe to you the wild shit we saw on the screen. Because they, they being the creators of this film, took the time, the labor hours, to create a 3D generated planet of fucking bubbles. Yeah. They had bubbles. bubbles from a bubble maker blow and interact. Now, here's my Bold question. move. Her mom popped, so she's dead, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. Her That's essence. That's how you die on their planet. So, pop. <laughs> it feels like it's very risky. So, <laughs> sure. so uh, the entire time she was talking about this, when I was watching the first time, she was like, we were lilting and writhing amongst each other, swirling in cascades of energy as our bubbles wound against one another so that we might protect and protrude our essence. And the entire time I was watching, I was like, is this, is this an orgasm? Mm. Like, what, what are they mm. describing right now? Mm. This is... A question asked by many, Alan, not usually men, but um, a, a common question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, typically not asked by, by men, but it's nice that you are uh, relating to, to a lot of our audience, I would nice. say. Yeah. It's, it, it, all I'm saying is that this is a wild setup because they I are saying agree. that they have become gone from bubbles to being entities of flesh i would like to know how they got a body i i that was mm. never established in this film at all and i would like to know where their bodies came from that's a did good they question. choose wait, wait their physical features i i, I am 
there is a throwaway line that Trevor utters early on that I Trevor, the alien expert. Yes. (laughs) Who knows right off the bat, which is why I think it has some, we should give him some, uh, credibility here. Uh huh. Yeah. He has a throwaway line about men in black. I wonder. Uh, yes, canonically, the way aliens work. I yes, agree. Yes, I wonder if Stepsister from Planet Weird happens in the same universe as Men in Black. Oh. And they are just choosing their vessel in the same way that aliens do for Men in Black. Are you suggesting Ariel was another person that she's inhabiting? I agree. Yes, that is what I'm suggesting. So what happened to that person? They've been taken over by a bubble. They've been. A, this is a body snatchers movie now. They've is been what assimilated. You're They've been assimilated. Yes, I'm. Sugge- y'all think I'm kidding? I think that it's the same universe. No, but then she turns the. I think that if that were true, she wouldn't be able to turn Ariel into a bubble. She's projecting herself. It's true. She mor- She morphs the whole body into a bubble. We don't know their powers, Max. I don't know their powers. I have some questions about their powers in just a minute, but I can't wait. To I, my part. first question is, was, was how did they get a body? Because I, I want, I, they body did snake. Cosmo choose to look like that? You know, was what? that, was that a choice? Did he, that he, he decided that's what he wanted to look like. That adds up. Honestly, that adds up. So we have the body snatchers, the Cola family, Cosmo and Ariel Cola, who now, We've rewound and are hearing everything from Ariel's perspective because Megan and Ariel are entering entries into their diary, and that's how we are narrating the film. This is Ariel's turn. She talks about meeting her crazy cat lady neighbor. And she Mm. calls her a ridiculous and pathetic person, and I laughed. laughed She sure did. I also loved that line. Although she says, she finishes that by saying, but at least she possesses a somewhat gaseous manner. (laughs) I don't know what that means, but at least she is somewhat bubble-like. You know what? I think that's admirable. Those are good qualities and traits. We also learn very quickly that Cosmo sells diamonds. Yeah. Moon rocks. He he runs an empire. He does. They are very rich. Yeah. And he still dresses this way. I'm saying. He still has the preacher goatee. Like he is, he's not gotten a fashion console. And he only eats hot dogs. Ew. Yeah. With a lot of toppings. He also makes a very Horrifying. troubling throwaway line where he is introducing the idea of uh, dating to Ariel. And she says something about, what about mommy? And uh, he says, mommy has uh, thinned out a little, Ariel. And it's delivered (laughs) comedically. And I thought, that's a dead wife joke. You just made a joke about your dead wife and her dead mother. And it was a throwaway joke. It was not. Yeah, that's good. that's true. You know, people use humor to cope with. He literally trauma. says, "Mommy has a uh, thinned out a little Ariel." Well, you know, he's Cosmo is a, a quirky, kooky guy. Your mother <laughs> was an extraordinary bubble. <laughs> <laughs> she was a great bit. What's of the timeline of this movie? Do you all? Uh, another never question I have. Never it does feel like. Mom popped like a week ago, and I now know. he's getting married again. So, like, I understand Ariel's concern because at least on Megan's side, at least at least it seems like the parents have been divorced for a couple of years, which feels yeah. more appropriate. But 
Yeah, for for Ariel, her mom popped seven days ago. Yeah, seemingly right before this. Right before they were chased by. Uh, okay. Emperor Glurglurg or whatever. Emperor Glurglurg. Nice. Nice. I learn them. <laughs> I, I, here's a logistical question for you both. How do we think a bubble scrubbing? <laughs> Scrubbing bubbles. You guys remember my favorite TikTok I always sent you? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's stupid. The it's, TikTok is it's so, so it's funny. pretty. It's pretty funny. It's better than this movie. That's bubbles. true. <laughs> okay. Nobody has answered the question. I'll post it in Discord. Everyone, remind me in Discord to post my favorite TikTok with the bubbles. Go on. Nobody has answered for me how these bubbles pilot spacecraft alan nothing in this movie gets explained there's not there's not a single thing in this film that gets explained they drink root beer and talk like they've just had a helium balloon in their mouth what about this movie makes sense tell me one thing that gets explained in this movie alan i think i think they get in the star cruisers and they go they blow in it like a breathalyzer. Yeah. They blow in it like a breathalyzer. And then it drives the car. If they blew in it, they, the air in the bubble would go away. I don't, they don't have any arms. Like, I don't I, know. I, I, but I did like that she referred to, she said she misses her boyfriend, Fanul, who sure. is the son of the <laughs> Great emperor. Great name. The son of the emperor. And All of those she says we're like Glappa and Gronu, the like long distance star crossed lovers. And I was like, good to know Romeo and Juliet is canon yeah. at this yeah. Glappa like, and Grongo. <laughs> I don't care. It's it is it's crazy that they introduce a Romeo and Juliet storyline. Yeah. And then like it never it's gonna off. come back. Kind of, but not really. Like it's, uh, it's <laughs> fucking insane. They, they drop in a Romeo and Juliet storyline, and then like basically don't do anything with it. And it's so you know what else they do that they pay off three times because I counted in this film. Why the fuck does Ariel do an interpretive dance with her bed? Because she's a bubble, and, and that's she, what you do. That's what bubble. bubbles do, Alan. Bubbles dance. Oh. Yeah. Can? Dancing, scrubbing bubbles. Scrubbing bubbles? Haven't you seen them in those commercials? I have. That's true. Okay, when I was a kid, I had that brush. Like, it was yeah. like a promotion. Like, you could get the little brush from the scrubbing bubbles commercial. Uh-huh. Anyway, the guy only eats hot dogs, which is the most concerning part Wait. of this movie to me. <laughs> we went from scrubbing bubble to hot dogs. I let me, really, let me tell let you. Me drive it home. Let me tell you one of the things I found disturbing, uh, in addition to his hot dog eating. So, from both perspectives, I actually liked this parallel a lot. I thought it was a cute parallel. We see a montage of mom and dad getting ready for the date and returning from the date. That was so first we see Megan's point of view where mom comes back with a Viking hat and then she comes back with balloons. And then we see Ariel's point of view where dad's getting ready for the date with a Viking hat and then with a bunch of balloons. Cue parallel. I thought it was pretty effective for the like dual, dual perspective thing. There was one troubling item, though. And I thought of it first when (laughs) mom brought it back. And then I really thought of it when dad had it, which was a bubble machine. (laughs) (laughs) I thought this, too. And I would like to know the implications of a bubble machine to a man that is a bubble. It's it's it is a allegory for his ejaculate. Whoa. (laughs) 
I wish y'all could see Max's face right now. I, I wanted. To... He was not expecting that. <laughs> Whoa! Like I, I. How does a bubble even respond to a bubble machine? If you, if you, if you went to another planet, and. <laughs> <laughs> if you went to another planet I don't know if you do because I don't even know what I'm going to say you went to another planet and there was a toy <laughs> that spat out humans That's what I thought you that do. then people would pop for fun like the, what do you do with a bubble machine what do kids do what do kids do with a bubble machine they turn on a bubble machine and then what do they do Pop bubbles! Like I don't, I don't think on the other planet device. you would pop us. I You'd think eat you would or, or destroy us. Yeah, whatever. You Cut in think. half, like whatever. They, the way you interact with a bubble machine is kids pop bubbles. Like that is what they do. Imagine, imagine Cosmo on a parade route when they have the parade oh, with the bubble pods. No. <laughs> <laughs> just mass murder everywhere. Like it's like little kids are spinning uh, around with their little bubble wands. Oh god. <laughs> the the implication like of all of the entities that they could have chosen for Cosmo and Ariel a like bubble, bubble machine. Uh Oh man, I just anyway. was really, really troubled by that. Anyway, um, anyway, they go to school. So, okay, okay, there's a lot that occurs in a very short period of time. What we have is it eventually brings us to a dinner at uh, at Megan's mother's home, where they have yeah. invited Cosmo and Ariel. So it is Megan, Trevor, Ariel, Cosmo, Mom. So they're at the dinner. And they introduced that, like, there is this announcement that's occurring between the entirety of the two of them. And uh, it's this long buildup. And eventually it's like, kids, we're engaged. Which, again, the timeline is wild. It's like three days. It's not established, but it does feel like, especially because they say Ariel is going to start school with you tomorrow, which implies that they've literally just gotten here. Right. I think at max, you're talking like two to three weeks. Mom died a couple weeks ago. We're engaged, baby. Right. Hey, hey, Ariel, be okay with it. Yeah. We left your home planet. You're no longer a bubble and I'm engaged. Enjoy your new mom and sister who you call a menace right off the bat. Mommy, mommy was an extraordinary okay, bubble. We, I just want to pause for a second. I hate deeply. The, the of use of mommy, use mommy and daddy. And daddy. Yeah, I was there's like, a lot of mommy and daddy. It's too. There's too a old. lot. They're there's too a old. lot of mommy and daddy in this movie, and not not in the uh, Miracle on Lame Two way. You know, not like in not a sexy way. There's a daddy and mommy in Miracle on Lame Two too, but it's different. I also think it sucks from Megan and Trevor's point of view. Trevor doesn't notice because he's eight and stupid, but like. It's also unfair to Megan to be like, hey, here's this weird guy you met. I'm going to marry him now. Right. Like, it's. Like, but it does explain how nice of a ring she has because, boy, do we know that uh, Cosmo is in the diamond trade. She's got this <laughs> massive rock when she's yeah. when they're engaged. 
And Megan's response is negative. She, of course, doesn't think it's the right thing to do. I think she's a little unfair to Cosmo. His entrance is nuts, to Molly's point. But, like, he's mostly harmless. He engages well with Trevor. Mm -hmm. He clearly wants the best for her mom. Other, like, she doesn't know that his wife just died three days ago. No. So, I think that he's mostly harmless. But, like... I think Megan gets gaslit a bit in this movie because oh, frequently Ariel acts like a legitimate insane person and does crazy things. Yeah. And people are just like, that's normal. That's a normal thing for her to do. Like, what are you talking and about? And so, they, so they all justify every one of Megan's or Ariel's actions in a way that feels like gaslighting. And I think Megan's concerns about Ariel are totally justified. It's it's like everybody but Megan underwent brainwashing off screen, and she has now been reintroduced to this like assimilated environment, and is like, yeah. I, I, am I? I'm a crazy person. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, people. And and this really, and I, I said I planted the seed just a second ago. When we then go to school, which is the next scene, Megan and Ariel going to school together. My question is, am I supposed to read it as like an alien power that everyone likes her? I was also because kidding. the most unrealistic thing in this film, and this is a movie about bubbles living on another planet. The most unrealistic thing about this movie is the fact that Ariel could eat it on a bicycle, wearing a football helmet and training wheels. And, and everyone can run up to her and be like, you're so fucking cool. And beautiful. <laughs> it's because of her beautiful, shiny hair. Right. I, I, so I, I, is that an alien power? Is that, Am I to believe that? I think they just think I she's would hot. intuit that it's an alien power. Can, can we? Do you pause? think she's hot? That's a weird question for me to ask that kid. Never mind. I'm going to walk that back. It's just not. I'm just not going to go there. You, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to ask you this question. It's uh -huh. actually not a question. Here's a, here's more of a statement. Trevor makes a fairly innocent statement in all of this rigmarole, like Cosmo, Ariel, going to live with us, new dad, Sitch, and Trevor says he can share my room if he wants. Of yeah. Cosmo moving in, bitch, he's going to fuck your mom. <laughs> he has no desire to yeah. sleep and do a sleepover with you, yeah. kid. Like this bubble. Mommy is coming do back. Do you think he is, though? I don't know. I don't what know if it's similar. What, like? what does, what, what if you're a bubble? And <laughs> Oh, no. And you. I didn't know we were going to go this deep. If you're a bubble. Neither did and Cosmo. And you become a human. Oh, God. How do you think you process human sex? Just, just curious. Well, they're already afraid of the wind, so I can't imagine exposing your essence feels pleasurable for these bubbles now turned to human flesh. I... I think it's kind of like an avatar with the. <laughs> We're gonna oh, wrap our tails around each other. Well, no, I, shit. I don't. I'm not saying that the bubbles do that because they don't have the ponytails. But I'm just saying how bubbles don't have ponytails. Fucking <laughs> <weird>. wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow what what a great observation we have made about the spherical form i'm just saying that much like in the film avatar jake sully as an avatar learns the way of the avatar sex yeah with the help of gamora and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. wow and she was in that movie that's and true he has what a weird ponytail yeah. sex with her uh, yeah and i think it'd be similar where like 
you'd figure it out. <laughs> I'm sorry, you want me to do what? Like, I think, I honestly... In think, you? I think it would be easier... Won't from, you pop? <laughs> I feel like it'd be easier from the man's point of view to put something in something else. They're worried about the popping is gonna send me... <laughs> I just, I, and you know what? You know what? It's a good thing that he's the alien and not her. Because she'll oh, think no. it's like nice that he's never done it before. Mm. <sighs> Whereas I don't know that that would be go both ways. Weren't you married? I what? Uh, <laughs> How'd you make the other bubble? How'd like, you I'm make your so bubble confused. child? How do they make bubbles? Is it in a machine? No, you know how sometimes when you have bubbles, two oh, bubbles Lord. stick together. <laughs> oh no. You know what I'm talking about? Why are we about? talking about bubble sex? When a, when a boy bubble and a girl bubble love each other a whole yeah. lot. Yeah, oh, their bubbles stick together, and then sometimes a smaller bubble comes Via out. Via mitosis, yeah. another bubble appears. Okay, yeah. that's all I want to do to sort of observe. They're uh -huh. in, they're in, I, I want to observe bubble sex, listeners, apparently what I'm saying to you it right probably now. probably exists somewhere. This episode is you off know, the rails. Rule, rule 34. Yeah. Uh, listeners... For those of you don't who are not Google acquainted it. with the internet, don't look that up. Don't Google it. <laughs> don't Google that. Just like you shouldn't Google Hawaiian salty dog. Like there are things that you should just not well, now look they're up. going to. Okay, here's the thing though. This is what's so weird to me at the high school is they're like, okay, all the boys think she's hot. To not answer the question Max didn't ask earlier. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. What? I don't I'm with you. I don't know that I mean she's she's not I don't know how to answer this. Yeah. I, I don't know that she's like, I don't know. They, the way they're acting is it's like a supermodel walked into right. the well, classroom. But she looks she's like an average 13-year-old girl. Like, she doesn't look any I, different to me than anybody else. And they're all like, the, you're beautiful. I think that she's, like, she's not unattractive, but I think she looks very plain. Whereas, I think in media, if you were going to set up a teenage girl to look unbelievably attractive... Often they're gonna age her up a little bit. Right. They're gonna like make her look a little bit older. They're gonna put makeup on her. I'm not right. saying that's right or wrong, but, but this girl just looks very plain. And <laughs> and so like she looks, I would say young for for the age. Like most of those girls at that popular table look older than her. And the idea that everyone is drawn to her because of her looks, I guess, is you know, weird to me. It would have been kind of cool if Disney, instead of casting a blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl to be this character, if they had cast someone who in the year 2000 wasn't stereotypically and conventionally attractive, and then mm. everybody thought she was attractive. Yeah. It would well, be like, kind of cool if they cast that somebody cool. that was like, maybe she was a little overweight or maybe she had like a like a bunch of freckles or like something that at that time yeah. would not have been considered conventionally attractive and then everybody thinks she's attractive that would have been cool disney could have used this as a learning moment yeah but I agree. they didn't oh god then she sings in that one class and i wanted to i i like megan wanted to die of embarrassment but everyone there's like this is beautiful it's got to be alien powers that's all i can think of oh, that's the only thing that makes sense yeah the entire premise is that she's different that's the entire premise. She's 15 degrees off expectation, which results in her sitting at the popular girls table on day one of being at high school, much to the chagrin of Megan. There's a lot of talk of essence protection. It's at this juncture where we get 
once more the rewind and jump back. Yeah. Because all and, this and it's basically me. the exact same scenes again, but just with a different narrator. I mean, all like the bike crashing, the the class, everything that just happened happened again. This is hell, I think. Like <laughs> the it being the same exact scenes is hell. <laughs> At least the first time there was some distinction between the scenes because we understood the perspective we were talking about. This time around, it is significantly shorter for when Ariel is being the narrator. We get minor things that were not witnessed when Megan was narrating, which amount to nothing. They don't actually add anything to the plot. The example that jumps to mind is Ariel is talking to a bubble that she has made out of soap in the bathroom. And you are the love of my life. I value you so deeply. Your existence is fragile. And with the wind, you can be blown away. True. And Megan walks in with principal? Some teacher. Some teacher? And this is when I believe alien superpowers come into effect, Max. Megan is like, look at her. She's talking to a bubble. The bubble pops. And the teacher's like, are you talking to that bubble? And Arrow goes, do you not talk to things that are beautiful like the bubble is of the artwork and tapestry of life? <laughs> and the teacher goes, that's poetry. Yeah. What the fuck? It no. really was. <laughs> I, there was a, in the recreation of these scenes, they, they do end up back at the popular table and whereas Megan was talking to uh, Margie Hammond from Xenon, uh, Ariel is talking to two other girls. And I had to, this is only of note to me. It's just all bullshit conversation that doesn't do anything. Is that after a girl says, they like say something Ariel, and then the girl says, the Yukon rules, and then gives a high five to another girl. Because again, Yukon funny. Yep. Ariel deadpans camera. <laughs> Not like deadpans the girl, looks at camera as if to say to the audience, wow, that's crazy. Like or like him from the office, just like it is. I they've truly just jumped the shark. Like now the alien is looking to camera like we're breaking the fourth wall in this movie. Also, at one point, it's after she comes out of the bathroom. Megan notices that every student is now dressed like Ariel. And I'm like. Did they all go home and change? It's mm. the middle of the day. Mm. What is happening? Doesn't make any sense. There are so many tropes that they're trying to explore in this in a very ham-handed or ham-fisted sort of way. Uh, Did you say ham-fisted or hand-fisted? Ham-fisted. Is that the phrase? Yes. Like you're holding a ham? No, like your fists are like big like fist. hams and they're awkward. Yeah. It's meant to... And, and, into it that you are awkwardly like you're, fiddling you're, with you are ham fisted your ham you are, fisted your fist is ham it's like your wreck it molly let's visualize this it's like you are wreck it ralph and you have big ass fucking hands on a little body much like that a is, ham that is ham fisted that's what, what he he can't handle delicate instruments because he's ham fisted it was a hand fisted what 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 would hand fisted even mean? That would just be a fist. You just have a hand. I don't know. As a fist. Did we just teach you a phrase that is common in the English language? Yeah. Ham fisted. Ham fisted. The ham definition hands. from dictionary.com is clumsy or bungling ham handed. Oh, ham hands. 
Yeah. That joke in Wrecker Ralph does make more sense now. <sighs> anyway. Wow. wow. I'm learning. You've learned. We've all learned something today. This podcast was all worth it. <laughs> What this is intended to set up, these scenes from this Stepsister from Planet Weird movie that we watched because we have to, is that <laughs> what we have learned in this film is that Ariel and Megan hate one another. Ariel, and I quote, wishes to be gas, and Megan wishes to be rid of Ariel. <laughs> She wishes to be fucking cutter. But she wishes. That's she, true. She wants to on a windsurfing board. Go to Pound Town on a windsurfing board. Like Robin Sparkles. Yep. Mm-hmm. They enter into, again, I quote, an unholy alliance. Yeah. To break apart Cosmo Cola and Mom Larson. I don't know yeah, her name. She kept her married name, by the way. Do you think that was weird? Um, like I she, know. she's canonically been divorced for four years. My mom kept her, but ha, still has her married name, and she's been divorced for fifteen years or something like that. Paperwork's hard, too much. Paperwork, and well, whilst I don't know that if this is a big problem in the uh, windsurfing shop industry. She was already doing pretty well in her career, and people knew her by name. I do <laughs> want to point out though that. The tipping point for Megan is that she sees Ariel flirting with Cutter on the beach while she's windsurfing. Okay, okay, let's be clear. Ariel is not flirting. You're right. But Ariel that's how Megan is, interprets it. Ariel exists. Ariel is taking up space. <laughs> Ariel, Ariel, is, Ariel is on the beach. And in- her alien powers mean that Cutter is forced to walk up to her, as he did in Megan's dream, and say, Be my girlfriend. You want to be my girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> a girl he met one time um but as she was walking through the water there's this really interesting shot where it's like we're in the ocean watching her like come into the water and i thought wouldn't this be a much better movie if there was a shark attack right now <laughs> <laughs> and wouldn't and this you know, be a better movie if she died right now that would be I, better and then i thought about how this movie is so bad that it makes jaws the revenge Jaws 4 look amazing. And I. Hey, Max, it's happening. I've resisted nice. it until right now to tell you all that Lance Guest, who plays Cosmo Cola, uh-huh. plays Michael Brody, Chief Mark Wait, Brody's what? son in Jaws 4. What? That's how you know who he is. He looks so familiar with other preacher goatee. It's, it's Michael Brody. Now, Michael Brody is, uh, like I said, Chief Martin Brody's son. Um, he's played by four different actors. Each of the four Jaws movies, he is played by a different actor. This is uh, canonically the worst of the four Jaws films. He but was, He looked different in three. He's not in three. I mean, two, rather. Different he, in two. Yeah, no. He's in four. Oh, God. There's a different Michael Brody every every movie. I, I understand that. I, like, I, I literally have... I, I'm, it's I'm Dennis Quaid in Jaws 3. <laughs> Dennis Quaid is here. Dennis Quaid is here. So he is Michael Brody in Jaws the Revenge. And... Um, a, a brilliant character from Jaws, the original, actually came back for Jaws the Revenge. Do you know mm. who I'm talking about? Who am I talking about? Are you talking about Mrs. Brody? I'm not talking about Lorraine Gary. I'm talking about Mrs. Taft, the person from Amity, the townsfolk. I could have gone with Lorraine Gary, but... Yeah, Lorraine Gary did come back I before. know, but why would I go with Lorraine Gary? That'd be too easy. I went with everyone's favorite, Fritzy Jane Courtney. Uh, she, she is my favorite. Come, come again? <laughs> she plays... Mrs. Taft, 
She is uh-huh. an Amity Islander. And I think, Alan, you're going to know her. She runs the hotel. And you know what? She does not think that that's funny at all. I don't all. think that's funny at all. I don't think that's funny. I don't think that's funny at all when someone asks if that $3,000 bounty on the ca- shack is cash or check. I don't think it's funny at all. She, I could have also picked Mrs. Kittner, by the way, because if you haven't seen Jaws the Revenge, uh, Sean Brody, the younger son, gets eaten right at the beginning. Mom's very sad, obviously. A bunch of the townsfolk come, and I'm assuming still lived in Martha's Vineyard. She's also in Jaws, obviously, as right. I've yeah, established sure. here. 1975, uh, the first summer blockbuster, my favorite movie of all time, Steven Spielberg's Jaws. Starring in Jaws, for real this time, Roy Scheider plays Chief Martin Brody. He was also the star in a TV show for a long time called Sequest 2032, where he mm. played Captain Nathan Bridger. Does he a- exclusively do water-based movies? He exclusively mm-hmm. is on the sea. But uh, appearing in one episode of Sequest 2032 as the renegade center chief is Clark Broly. And Clark Broly plays Noonan in the hit film 1998's Armageddon. Oh, good, 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 good. We made it. And you know who we haven't talked about in a while? We haven't actually talked about the star of Armageddon, Bruce Willis, plays Mm. Harry S. Stamper in that film. And Bruce Willis also is in one of, speaking of my mom, one of her favorite movies, The Kid. You guys seen Mm, that movie? That's a cute movie. Cute one. And he plays alongside Spencer Breslin, both as Russ Duritz, a younger and older version of himself. Yep. Uh, and you may remember Spencer Breslin from The Santa Claus 2. Of course. Yeah, he's Curtis the Elf. He sure is. And you know who else is in that film is the incomparable. Yes, of course, Buzz nice. Lightyear's in it. But you know who really stole the show was Uncredited Elf. <laughs> Played by Miles Jeffrey. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Uncredited Elf. Didn't you? Didn't you love his work? Uh, Miles Jeffrey's work <laughs> in Santa Claus. I'm sorry. Hold the phone. <laughs> uncredited Elf. Yeah, Miles yeah. Jeffrey. He's not uncredited if he shows the fuck up in the credits. He's, no, he's, he's, un- well, he's uncredited, but he's on IMDb. He's on IMDb. Right. And, uh, but the good news for us is he is credited here because it is none other than Trevor Larson, the younger brother. Good for him. What a glow up. What a glow up. You've been Armageddon, the part of the show where Molly, by no one's urging, has found yet another way this decom can be tied to the smash hit Armageddon. Don't tell her to stop because she won't. I was so excited about that one because from the get go, I knew that Lance Guest was in this movie. And that he's also in a Jaws movie. So I Mm. knew I had to go Jaws. Yeah. So what year was that? Santa Claus 2? This movie came out in 2000. Correct. This movie came out June 17th, 2000. Max's birthday. Santa Claus 2 came out in 2002. So actually, I think he went backwards. (laughs) He went from being a credited character to being an uncredited character. But would you consider going from this movie to a... To a actual film going. No, I think place. I think it's I think, I actually think it's probably even, or or at least a step forward. Yeah. Hmm. So they enter into this unholy alliance, Ariel and Megan. Their sole purpose is to break apart their parents. Did you guys catch that Ariel kept calling Megan "quote evil Megan Larson"? I really, that was her title. I actually the really time. liked it. Yeah. Very funny. They also referred to Trevor as the small noisemaker. I really enjoyed the names that Ariel has for the people. 
The ploys were to try to have Megan's mom and Ariel's dad lean into aspects of their personality that they thought would annoy the other. So you have Megan's mom recite poetry chapter after chapter, and you have uh, Ariel's dad, Cosmo, be a tough, manly man. And like adults, they recognize that each other are doing things that are a touch annoying and talk it out and communicate, you know, like adults do and work through it. So much to the chagrin of Ariel and Megan, they become even closer throughout this. So their plan really backfires. Hey, I'm going to give them credit here. That's healthy. I mean, I'm glad that like, that's a pretty good showing of, of uh, a healthy adult relationship and like good for them. It is a sign of how young that relationship is that they are so easily swayed by their kid to like go and be somebody they aren't necessarily. But um, I'm glad they talk it out and I'm glad that it gets better. I don't know why Cosmo had a ventriloquist dummy, but I think otherwise I understand. Zach Bagans needs to come and cover it. I'm convinced that Ghost Adventures would do a great sort of lock in with that dummy. I actually looked up to see if Lance Guest was weirdly like a ventriloquist, like aficionado, and maybe he just like wanted to have a ventriloquist dummy in the movie, but I couldn't find anything. What I could find though, oh no, was that both of the girls have had mediocre success in music since this movie. Sure, this makes sense. Sing that fine song i guess i don't Mm -hmm. they mule they mule that song but it was one of those moments where i was like is this was the disney channel pushing these two as recording artists were were they the original try at the like miley hillary selena demi era Mm. right and and they weren't that but ariel is actually canadian she really is from the yukon not sure it's all this it's all the yukon right uh, no, well, I I know Canada's not population Canada, low. I, she is actually Still. big in the Canadian indie and folk scene, like to this oh. day. And Courtney sang on a video game called Bioshock Infinitive. Have you all heard of that game? game? Yes, yeah, I, I know the game very well. She yeah. voiced the main series. female character on the I'm, video game. Yes, I'm mm-hmm. very aware of who that character is. Do y'all know that? Yes. Yeah. I don't know what this game even is. It's but a great then, game. Then Elizabeth is the character's name, and then she sang the video game's like theme song, I guess, and she mm-hmm. won some award for it, and then ended up singing a song on the next. I'm sorry. Version of this video game. Some award. I'll look it up. It wasn't like a freaking Grammy. The shade on video game. It's not a right shade now. on video games. Bioshock's a great game, Max. We stand. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That one specifically. Yeah, agreed. Can we talk for a minute that they actually used the she Jaws She won ca- a Spike VGX award. Oh, hell yeah. Is that a big deal? The old Spike VGX award. Yeah, see, <laughs> you guys are is. pulling my leg. and Al- that- Alan's out here throwing shade. It's not, uh, I mean, you're, good for you're, her. Good I'm glad she won her award, yeah. but yeah. the old Spike award is not you're high on my list. You're out here pulling my ham hands, and I... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Should I use that? Never wrong? without consent would I pull a ham hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, she won an, an award for that. So good for that. She was also good nominated for, for that same award show as the best voice actress, hmm. but she yeah, did not win that. So obviously the girls are discovered. Their schemes are 
laughably transparent. And they use the Jaws camera angle to pan in as if they did on Roy Scheider's face. And it is on the girls this time as the parents uncover the young teenage girl's plot. Sure. Which leads to Ariel sending a message to her bubble boyfriend. Asking him kindly to not Funnel. tell. Yeah. Fanula? Fanul. Fanul. Funnel. Funnel. Asking him to not tell his dictator father about the issue, which always works out, and then talks more about protecting her essence. And it's at this point that I realized protecting your essence is the bubble equivalent of true love weights. Oh. Mm. You think that's a virginity thing? I have to believe it is. It does, like you mentioned it earlier, it does remind me of the thing in Friends where Rachel reads that book and she's like, you're coming in, you're coming into my forest. Yes. How am I supposed to go if you won't let me blow? Like, yeah, well, like Ross says, he doesn't have any issue with the blow. Uh, it's, uh, again, that's that's the equivalent I draw. Again, no shade, not any yuck, any yums, but that's what it is. That is the equivalent. Fascinating. They I mean, they do t-shirts. have T-shirts. I was gonna just say that. Yes. Protect your essence. Yes. Is this subliminal abstinence messaging? Yes. How? How weird it would be to go from the most horny film we've ever watched with lube, Miracle on Wayne Two, featuring strawberry flavored lube. That's the horniest <laughs> film I've ever watched. As Ever. an adult. And that's not just decoms. <laughs> <laughs> it would be very curious to go from the horniest movie <laughs> we've watched to an abstinence subliminal messaging film. That would be very strange, but I'm willing to accept that it's what Disney did. Mm. Uh, I think it is. Uh, they ultimately, to your point, it doesn't work. And so they plan one more, one more try where to make it up for, to make up for messing with them. You know, parents love when you make up for stuff. To mm-hmm. make up for it, they're gonna plan them a party. But it's not just any party. They're gonna invite workaholic dad and the gaseous neighbor. The horny second neighbor, yeah. Serena Sue, yeah. Because they think that she's the closest thing dad Cosmo could get to someone like his like mommy like mommy (laughs) is that why they did it because i was like why would mom fall back in love with shitty dad i don't know i i think that's just aspiration like courtney Courtney just wants that right um but because they ask megan asks ariel like is there anyone else and she's like no your mom is like the closest thing to my mom i know and then she's like, but I did meet this like gaseous, <laughs> gaseous woman mommy. with weird thoughts. And so they invite she, her a and, dad. and a cat named person. Gandhi. Pathetic person. Yeah. So they come to this party and the entire intent is to try to force different people together with their parents. What ends up happening is Megan's mom and Cosmo become even closer and workaholic dad and psychic lady make fuck me eyes at each other. They do. And then a food fight starts. <laughs> I don't understand this movie. I, I, 
I I just want this I want this movie to exist in any any realm of reality or logic. I understand we're in a universe where aliens exist. I I get it. Okay, I'm willing to like accept that, and I just want people to behave like people in this film. I want the humans that are humans to behave like humans, and when Megan throws a a bowl of green goo onto Cosmo and he picks up a bottle and sprays across the table at Serena Sue, the gaseous psychic and a canonically workaholic business focused father. I want somebody to be like, stop. Like (laughs) (laughs) give me some source of sanity. Like, root me in reality at this point rather than just... What happens is we just continue the escalation. It goes higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. And that's what's so wild. Like, you cut back and and the, like, buttoned-up three-piece suit dad is spraying water across the table. Like, everyone is now participating in a food fight because Megan threw a bowl of green sludge onto Cosmo and Cosmo, like, started a food fight. I just want some, some, you know, the essence I want to protect is the essence of logic in this film. <laughs> Give me something to anchor to. Yeah, yeah, you won't get it. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, people. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. This leads to the wedding day. The wedding day, before we even get into what happens next, is fucking bonkers. Because why is the bride setting up the cuck ta- cupcake? The cuck capes? <laughs> oh, the, old, the old cuck tapes the old here. Cu- yeah, yeah, the old cuck tapes. <laughs> that was Miracle Away too, Molly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a different Cuck movie. tape was utilized by those parents. <laughs> yeah. Dad and Mom and Miracle Away too are using the cuck tape. That's... All right. Listen, I, again, we're not here to yuck any yums. If you like no, cuck I mean, tape, you like hey, cuck tape. Yeah. Why is Mom setting up her own cupcake table when she clearly has hired help there why is she running around talking to all the guests why is he talking to her when he's in her like when she's in her wedding dress it was just stressing me out but i was like it's a very casual second wedding, this wedding i will say out of control i will say as somebody whose parents have both gotten remarried uh i would say that's my experience at second wedding like i i've watched both my parents be remarried at least once each and it's usually very like casual like yeah. low key it was just stressing me out that she was the like touching cupcakes and stuff and like in a wedding dress in her wedding yeah. dress yeah, like yeah, yeah, I get go that, I get sit that. down girl like you yeah. <laughs> let someone else do it and while all that's happening space hitler shows up and it and funnel and funnel space hitler <laughs> and his protege funnel show up and we get the the reintroduction of ariel to funnel and Funnel's dad. He he talks like a bad gangster villain. Speaking of he crazy does. accent. His son is a New Zealand accent. He's and he is Marlon Brando. Like There's a lot that happens here. So let's try to distill it. Marlon Brando from space attempts to consolidate power by freezing people into terrible 8-bit ice cubes. Guys, that ice effect. <laughs> bad. <laughs> Very bad. It what? starts with Psychic Lady, which honestly, I wasn't mad about because 
please shut up. Like, I just don't want any more of you happening. Also, the dog comes in and, like, smells her. And all I could think about is, like, if that happened in our house, if space Marlon Brando gangsters showed up in our house and turned someone to ice, Kronk would eat them. Would he eat the person? Because he likes ice so much. Yeah, they'd come back without a leg, 100%. Like, would he... Like, would they feel it? Like, what are the consequences of being an ice person? Uh, honestly, I don't want to think too much more about it because if they got turned into an ice person in our home, that's murder. And the, you know, he uses the word peon. Bring me to one of your peons. Oh, my God. Peon, one word. <laughs> Again, that was Miracle in Lane 2, Molly. I need you to get your head out of the last decom and into the present, okay? Peon as in a a indentured worker, not peon as in a kink. Which again, we're not here yucking the yums, but that's miracle only too. Speaking of kinks, mom cockwalks the shit out of Megan. Wait a minute! Hold on, what's your leading? I said she cockwalks the shit out of her daughter because doofus shows up and he's like. Hey, Megan, do you have any chips or whatever she's talking about? And she's like, yeah, hey. And like, he's talking to her and she's like begging, go find Ariel. And she's like, I'll do it in a minute, mom. And she's like, go find her now. And like, we have Ariel, Megan reunite. We have Cutter and Funnel meet. And now we've got this weird sort of like four way relationship unfolding where they are they're they're sort of bonding out of the blue cut cutter realizes that ariel and funnel are aliens nobody's told him this there has been zero plot point delivered to him overtly that these characters that he he's interacting with are aliens yeah he's like you guys like from another planet there Whoa, wild, bro. It's crazy. Yeah, I think he's talking differently than he did before. But yeah, he's made he's made a change in his accent, voice I has agree. changed. Yeah, and Ariel does admit to Megan that she's an alien, and that Megan was right, even though she's been getting gaslit this whole movie. <laughs> Megan was correct. Hey, wait, I had to say this because this is a crazy line. <laughs> she she says. Did you just come here to make me feel inferior? And then Ariel goes, no, we came here to escape political oppression. (laughs) (laughs) What a teenage thing to say. Like, oh, so you just came here to make me feel bad. And then it's like, no, literally like they murdered my mom and we're like... My mom got popped, Megan. Mom I, got popped I, um, and, uh, we're out uh, of here. I don't know how to tell you this, but my mom's dead. I uh, so so that why, was like four days uh, ago. It's I, crazy, honestly. It's been a very rapid yeah, change. You understand why this all feels really fast now. I, uh, <laughs> Life is a bubble, crazy. Uh, I also love that Megan tries to relate. She goes, "You know what? You're just somebody from another planet trying to fit in." I understand. I got my homeroom got changed last year. And I was messed up for like six months. That is the same. Same Megan. thing, Megan. Same That's thing. the same. Yeah. While Marlon Brando, Space Hitler, is out trying to find Cosmo, the kids convince Funnel that he should rebel against his dictator father 
Yeah. By describing freedom to funnel. Yeah. In Very some patriotic of the moment ways. of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big Murica moment in this. Yeah. In this Describes movie. the the freedom and liberty of this planet. Now I will say they don't talk about country much. They talk about the planet, mm. which you know. The Earth does have a history of a lot of freedom. That's true. So um, it's probably probably, probably the, the planet with the most freedom in the history of the you know history every, of time. Every country on this yeah. good Earth. Yep. Yeah. In February yeah. of this year, we didn't have a movie that dealt with that directly. Yeah, that's right. I just what they what they use to describe freedom in this in this segment is bananas to me. You want to have a yogurt? chip <laughs> that's what you can have because you're free to 18, dip your 18 flavors of potato chips are the, chips. the definition i was like that is what you go with you want to bang the one with blonde hair or brown hair you can choose. yes they have a they have a they have a blonde or brunette conversation which i think is what ultimately convinces funnel to go against his father and it comes to a head quite literally, as this dictator becomes a bubble head and floats into the sky and says, you're questioning my authority? That's jail on ice forever. Which again, definition of a dictatorship, right? Like you question what I say, jail. You write to jail. And the children combat this bubble head. Yeah. With hair dryers. Mm. And a leaf, a blow a leaf blower. A leaf bar. Yeah, yeah, leaf bar. I have a question. Yeah, uh, go on. We do too. Are they even plugged in? No, they're yeah, not I, plugged in. I have lots of questions about how they plugged them all in. What extension cord? That house would be out of power in the early aughts. Why do they have so many hair dryers? Well, it is a wedding day. Presumably she has bridesmaids, bridesmaids that need the, the girls. The... Well, I, okay, you're right. The guy's being a dick. They start blow drying him. He turns into a bubble. He no, pops. He pops. They murder him. Yeah, he's they dead. They murder him. <laughs> his, his essence his, was not protected. His own son. His son murders him. It's very Lion like, King. What a what a one eighty. Because he yeah. went from like being not only like listening to his dad to murdering him. Yeah. It's, Disrupting a dictatorship to murdering his father. It is six minutes. Yeah. Less things Less. happen fast. Mom died three minutes ago. She really thinned out. You know, I, I, we move quick. So, so dad bubble pops and dies. Son, seemingly no issue with this, grabs the gun that he used to freeze a political refugee and unfreezes Cosmo. Yeah. Then they all just nonchalantly post murder go to a wedding. This yeah. is the, the these kids are serial killers. They go to a wedding. Yeah, they're at least murderers. I wouldn't yeah. say they're serial killers. Well, there's been two bubbles that have been popped so far. So they didn't pop the first one though. Mm, true. Wedding happens, and then we get a dance scene. If they have a bubble machine, they're probably a serial killer. Well, we saw <laughs> Cosmo give a bubble machine to. Yeah. Mm, uh, it, uh, it adds up. We get a dance scene, and the, the massive twist here is that Ariel and Cutter are dancing. Yeah. And Megan and Funnel are dancing. Mm -hmm. So they have effectively done a, a boyfriend swap. Yeah. Which, I mean, talk about a plot twist. It's Where because brunette people can only date brunette people. That is the moral. Where do you guys think Funnel goes after this? 
Because, like, home. his dad's dead. So. He says he's going to go home and reestablish a, a government with some changes. Okay, because he's 14. Got it. Yeah. Great. That adds up for most few. The new societies. kid emperor. He's... Tyrion Lannister. Oh, I thought he was um, Icetown. Uh-huh. Which actually might work. Uh, and that's how we end this movie. <sighs> wow. With the wedding. And Funnel going back to... Institute changes in a dictatorship. A lot of these movies attempt to be normal and fail miserably. So we get to comment on that. This movie did not attempt to be normal whatsoever and was just wild. So it's very tough to walk in and try to comment on it when it is at its very core batshit. Yep. That being said, I'm curious about your ratings. Molly, what do you rate this? Oh, gosh. 2.5. Yeah. Mm. This movie's pretty terrible. Yeah. The acting's pretty bad. Um, it's nonsense. Um, and I could have watched it in 60% of the time had they not made me watch so many scenes over and over again. Twice, yeah. And uh, I hope I never see it again. Yeah. 2.2, please. <laughs> yeah. I, I just... Plus one to everything Molly said. Yeah, so 2.8. It is below average. The acting is shaky at best, cringeworthy at worst. And the fact that we talk about both abstinence and murder within two sentences of one another is a massive bit of context switching that I did not anticipate in a decom. Honestly, it's just there's so much to unpack here. It's just nothing about the movie makes sense. Like it... it it's it's like they set out to make a weird movie. Mm-hmm. Like that was the prompt. Make something weird. And they were like, assignment achieved. They they would say mission accomplished on Earth, but gaseous matter expanded. Yeah, gaseous matter expanded. <laughs> what they would say on a different planet. I want to read for you a 10 out of 10 rating. Oh my God. On God. IMDb. <laughs> I also want to share with you that there were, uh, of the IMDb ratings... About 80% of them were between 7 to 10. And then I had, of the of the remaining, maybe like a couple of 4s and then a 2. Hit but me this is a 10. 10 out of 10. That's, got, that's crazy. Yeah, I fully agree. But for this reviewer, it was the best movie they'd seen all summer. Now, the review is very short. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. It says, this movie is very respectful of the natural dignity of Bubbles. <laughs> I think they're quoting the movie, but that's crazy. (laughs) It's really funny. I liked it a lot. The plot is very interesting, and there's some very, very, very quotable lines. (laughs) That's it. That's the review. This movie is very respectful of the natural dignity of bubbles. Yeah, they're, they're quoting the film because that's Ariel says she doesn't like that about Earth. She doesn't like that people on Earth don't respect the natural dignity of bubbles. Do, do you think you respect the natural dignity of bubbles? I don't blow bubbles often. That's what she said. But, yeah, Max. Uh-huh. Yeah, Max. <laughs> Go, on. Go ahead. What no, were you no, say? Finish your thought. <laughs> no, that was the end of it. I'm curious as to what your thoughts were. But when you do, you pop them, right? But when I, mean, I do, like, when I do, I pop the fuck out of them. Yeah. 
If I'm in Disney and there's bubbles around, you bet your ass I'm popping them. Okay, like time, I, it, <laughs> time out. You've all been backstage at Epcot as you enter into the from the cast parking lot as you go into the park. Sure. There is this massive mural, listeners, in that as you walk past like the rows of lockers as you're going into work and you clock in. Yeah. That is this. It's a portrait that's like maybe about five feet tall, eight feet long, and it is of a early 2000s picture that's taken of a cast member blowing the bubble fans on a guest. And they're blowing this fan. It's like a spritz bottle that also has like bubbles in the background. And this guest is loving getting sprayed by a random stranger. <laughs> she respected the I was like, dignity of bubbles. She did. She respected, she respected the it. hell out of the dignity of bubbles. Uh, that this this review made me think of that moment. So I was like, oh god, yikers! What a way to go into our break. By the way, for, yeah, no for the, for the year. Uh, listeners, as we say that, so this episode that you're listening to is going to be our last episode for the next two weeks. We are going to be taking Zetus Lapidus hiatus that is going to be happening on the 26th when we normally release an episode, and then the second of the year as we move into 2023. We're going to give us two weeks, not only for ourselves but for you all to kind of uh, spend time with your loved ones over the holidays. Um, we'll be back the week after on the 9th with our next release. And what is it that we're going to be talking about on the 9th, everybody? Ready to run. Ready to, mm-hmm. Another horse movie. Horse girl coming back. I don't know if I'm, I, you know what, for any lead in, it's uh, a horse film. What a good, what a good way to be back. I'm happy that we're ending with this just wackadoo movie. Only 43 to, I, okay. Only 43 to go to high school musical. I'm sorry. Did you want to end with the color of French of a miracle in lane two? Those are heavier than this one, which know, is just man. weird this enough is, to be off kilter. This was so bad. It was yeah, just so bad. I again, Max, your theory of them having like four distinct teams of writers for yeah. movies is feeling more and more accurate. I'm telling you, it's got to be right. Like they've they've got they're at the point where they're making monthly films. It's not one. They've got a bunch of people that they trust to make these and they just rotate these ideas through. And man, this, this was the Q team. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. it was I just agree. so bad. But you know what we get? We get, we get to come back to another horse film. True. Nay. Did you just say nay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Nay. Ready to run. <laughs> nay. <laughs> we shall be ready to run. Folks, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you very much. Be sure to like the podcast, subscribe, and leave us a review. It is very, very helpful to all of us. So we very much appreciate that. Follow us on all of our socials. It is either at Mammoth Club or at Mammoth underscore Club. But in the meantime, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you not next week, but three weeks from now when we talk about Ready to Run. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.